Hey guys, welcome back to episode 4 of Paula on Purpose. I hope you guys are having a great start to your week, and let's hop into those stories. So, as you guys know, this is usually the episode where I cover, you know, more fun topics like comics and movies and stuff. And I had a few stories lined up, but then, you know, this whole Joe Rogan podcast thing came up, and I definitely had to cover it. So I'm sure everyone knows about the Joe Rogan experience, but for those of you who don't, uh, Joe Rogan is a former professional MMA fighter, and he's a commentator on the UFC, and he has his own podcast where he talks about a wide range of topics with a whole bunch of famous and important guests. And in a recent episode, he talked about video games, and he likened video games to an addiction. He's, you know, he himself, he's he's made it known that he used to be an avid gamer where he would play for hours on hours a day and he kind of compared it to an addiction he said that there's like realistically there is no viable choice or like there's no viable options for people to have that as a career you know obviously he talks about those few that make it like Nick Merckx, Ninja, um, Tim the Tatman you know people like that that draw in thousands of viewers every time they play he said that realistically the everyday the day person who plays those games is just wasting their time like he he believes that that video games are just a a excuse for people to not work and not pursue their other dreams and as you know probably can guess it drew a huge number of backlash and controversy and while that itself is super interesting the 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 response was was like astounding i mean famous people like ninja responded for example like i previously mentioned like some other episode he's like one of the biggest streamers on he was one of the biggest streamers on twitch before he moved over to mixer and he responded and he was talking about how there's multiple avenues in the gaming industry now like i don't know why people always think that if you're in the gaming professional you're just a gamer there's commentators there's like there's partnerships there's brand makers there's a whole bunch of things that are starting to pop up because gaming has become such a huge deal in mainstream culture and it's kind of it's it's kind of uh like ignorant to kind of believe that everyone's just pushing to be a gamer other people just like watching and, just, and having commentary on the games and people make decent money from that like, like I said gaming's getting to a huge fucking level they're making millions and millions and there's a CEOs that are getting into the creating their own esports teams and it's fucking it's blowing up and it's, it's incredible to see that something that was looked down upon like 10 years ago as like a loser thing is now becoming like a common everyday thing that almost everyone in the world is somehow doing watching or wishing they were trying to get some kind of game and obviously there's a little bias here because I don't hide the fact that I love playing video games I play them like every day with my friends but it's it's almost kind of it's it's kind of like to the point where um, I enjoy it more as a side like a little hobby of mine but I know I'm like not good enough to like ever make it that way and nor do I want it that way I think the problem with being a professional gamer is that if you get famous for a specific game, you're kind of stuck to that game, you know, unless you somehow manage to be good or, like, relevant with your audience to have two or three big games, you're kind of stuck. Like, if you're a COD player, you're kind of forced to be playing COD every year, and it gets repetitive and boring. And I like playing different sports games with my friends, shooters, puzzle games. Like, I, I don't like being, like, confined to one thing. So I can give props to those guys who find joy in that, and they make decent money doing that and that's like what everyone at the end of the day wants to do they want to make money doing something they love and if it happens to be using a controller or a pc to do it i don't see the harm in that and i i know that rogan's trying to say that you know maybe people should be more realistic about what the life has to offer them but i think that's kind of pessimistic i think especially now we're at a time where any career path is a viable career path 
people will pay to see anyone do anything. So, like, why not make a career out of the thing you love to do? As long as you're willing to put in the time and effort to get better and be entertaining to the people, I don't see the problem in that. And now with, like, things like TikTok and YouTube, it's even possible for more and more people to get exposure that way. And it's kind of it's kind of infuriating to still think that there's that stigma of gaming still being a dropout mentality. Of like, oh, you're just a good gamer. You're just not going to do anything with your life. That's false. It, it takes drive and passion to make it work. You have to be able to be entertaining, marketable. You have to be able to work with brands. You have to be able to be a good business side if you want your brand to exceed a certain level. And it, people don't realize that the, it takes hard work to do that. And when you just limit it down to saying that it's an addiction or it's a waste of time, then you're, you're stepping on those who put years and years of work into that. And that's kind of what Ninja's talking about, you know? Like, he didn't become a professional gamer making millions of dollars overnight. Like, it took years and years. And I'm sure back then, even more, he faced people who were doubting him and saying, why are you choosing video games as a career path? There's no way that's legit. Like, I'm sure he had his doubters, as people, people today even do. People just love to doubt those who are pioneers. Like, video games now are at a huge level thanks to those like Ninja who just push it, persevered and made the best out of it. And now everyone wants to be a gamer, you know? Like, little kids now are like, oh, esports is now a viable thing. Like, even colleges now have esports clubs. Like, my college has a esports club that you can join and play video games with, and it's like something you could put on your resume. Like, that's, that's how much it's evolved. And I'm so glad that we're at a time now where no one is ashamed of being able to play video games. And in fact, they're probably proud of it, too. Like, it's, it's a huge, huge shift of momentum. And it, it's like, it's a, it's a way for everyone to, like, escape and make friends and have long-lasting connections with those people that they meet online. And yes, there's, you know, toxicity and all that stuff. But overall, video games are a great thing. Like... It, it's it's just fantastic to know that there's those people who can strive at things that, you know, were once thought of as um, weird or, like, I'm thinking, I can't think of the word, but, you know, kind of like uh, outcasting things. And now it's, it's, it's good to see that we're finally at this place where, you know, people can be happy doing doing what they love. But unfortunately, I think that podcast shows that the problem is that older generations aren't really grasping the reality of what this is like this isn't no longer a nintendo 64 kind of thing like this is these consoles and pcs are getting high tech like they're using the top edge technologies that are like making this game look so realistic and like even the new generation consoles that are coming out like ps5 and i think it's the xbox one or something i'm a ps4 guy so you guys know what i am but um they, they look so real, and it's like every year they keep getting better and better, and they're getting more popular and more popular, and they're going to keep going like that. People need to get on this train because it's not going anywhere. Like, this is going to keep growing to like a point where it's going to be a major, major business. And if people just stop trying to shit on it just because they don't partake in it, then maybe lives will be a lot better. People need to stop like shitting on things that they don't understand or they don't want to understand. If it's not your lane, it's not your lane. That's fine. But don't make other people feel bad because that is their lane. Let them have their fun. Let them do what they want to do. And if they if they don't hurt anybody, then there's no harm, no foul. Like, people need to relax and let their hobbies be hobbies. So I guess the moral of the story is don't fuck with gamers, man. Because they will come at you hard. And they will shit on anybody who disses gaming. And I am proud to say I'm one of those gamers. So I'm going to keep doing my thing and having fun with my friends. Because even if it's not a career path, I have a hell of a fun time doing it.
And the last story of the episode is a little update on the Zack Snyder cut of the Justice League, which I covered last week. If you guys want to get a rundown of that, check out the episode. I think it was episode two. And like I covered in that last episode, there was a event that came on this weekend called DC Fandom, which was basically a fan-made organized event for the upcoming DC projects like Justice League, Teen Titans, Harley Quinn, all those shows that are on HBO Max and DC Universe which I think is dying. I think it's going into HBO Max, but that's irrelevant. Um, but anyways, he showed a clip of the movie, and that was freaking awesome. It was just showed a black suit Superman. So for those of you that don't remember, or maybe do remember, but don't really want to remember it, uh, Superman died at the end of Batman v Superman, and the whole theme, of, or I guess central arc of Justice League was to bring him back and how that would affect the universe as, as it stands. In the theatrical version, they just kind of brought it back, and it was no big deal. He was his old happy self again, and it kind of sucked. Like, it, it, what was the point of killing him off if there was going to be no emotional repercussions for it? It was the whole movie was just like, oh, let's just bring him back. Oh, he's back now. We can defeat the villain. Like, it's it's it sucks that he's so OP, but the two movies set him up to have flaws, and the third one just abandoned that. And I think the issue was that you know they got rid of the director and brought in Joss Whedon, who simply was like not exactly the most complicated storyteller so we just kind of ran with what he knew which was just like give the good for all kind of guy the ability to beat the bad guy and the good guys win and everything's over hallelujah and it's boring with a dc version of that they have so interesting characters and they kind of squashed it with just bringing him back and it was like such a wasted opportunity to really dive into the characteristics and the dynamic of each member of those of the group and it was just a, such a wasted opportunity but Zack Snyder obviously has now his ability to make his movie as he intended, and at the event, at the event, he showed a picture and a clip of the black suit Superman. So for those of you guys that don't know, when Superman dies in the comics, he's brought back to life, and he has a black suit, which is a Kryptonian healing suit, but it has no cape in the comics. Obviously, Warner Brothers kind of associates Superman with the cape, so there's no way they're going to leave out the cape. But in Zack Snyder's version, it's a all-black and light silver suit, which looks pretty cool on Henry, on Henry Cavill. So he comes back in the clip and he flies down to the Batcave where Alfred's working on the Batmobile. And, you know, he's kind of cheery, but he's not super. He's just curious to who Alfred is. And he's looking for Bruce. And in the Justice League version that came out, he finds Bruce. He's angry at him for a second. And then he sees Lois Lane and forgets everything. But I'm hoping in this version of Justice League... There's a little bit more tension between the two. I mean, Superman did die because Batman essentially let Lex Luthor create Doomsday. And they were too busy fighting each other to save Lois and uh, Superman's mom without any other collateral damage. But now Bruce has this guilt. So I'm really interested to see how that dynamic is. And they have so much more time to develop that relationship. So he also released in that, uh, in that panel that the movie is going to be over four and a half hours long. That is such a long runtime, And with any other movie, there's no way I would touch that with a 10-foot pole. But with this movie, I it seems like it's not even long enough. Like, I am so excited to see what he can do with 4 hours and 40 minutes of content. And it's so much content that he's teased over the years that it looks like it's going to be full of action and so much more grittier that it feels like it'll just zoom by. Like, I had no problem watching the director's edition of Batman v Superman, which I think was like 3 hours, 3 hours 15 and for me, that seemed like it flew by hella quick. So I'm super excited to be able to sit down for four and a half hours, watch some popcorn, drink a beer, just chill, and enjoy the freaking cinematic awesomeness that's going to come from Zack Snyder. And the crazy thing is, like, 
the full event itself hasn't even happened yet. What happened this weekend was kind of like a teaser version of, of DC Fandom, but the full event will happen on August 22nd, and it's going to be a 24-hour live stream of everything DC. Like, they're going to show, I, I imagine, hopefully, a trailer of some sort for the movie, but I'm so excited for that thing. Like, I don't even know if I can stay up for 24 hours and watching it, but I'm going to try my fucking best just to give you guys some kind of updates on what is going on. But hopefully at that event they have more casting announcements. I'm hoping they announce some kind of cameo for like Green Lantern or Hawkman or something. And hopefully more clips and, and you know just more fun things for the fans to get excited about. But the fact that they got this hyped over a small clip. I can't imagine how freaking hyped everyone's going to be over a 2-3 to three minute trailer. Where I'm hoping they finally show us what Darkseid looks like. And I hope they get it right because if they don't get the villain right then what's the whole point of this movie like a movie is only as good as its villain like marvel sucked with its villains the only ones that are good were killmonger who died mysterio who died thanos who is dead so it's like why kill why introduce a badass villain just to kill him in the same movie and i'm hoping this isn't the case with justice league because dark side is one of the most dangerous villains in the uh dc universe and if they kill him off, it's just a wasted potential. And I'm hoping this sets off like a trilogy of movies, which, like I mentioned, the other episode may end up just being a TV show of some sort. But if they end up setting off another universe, I'll fully watch this and dish the new movies. Because Darkseid and Darkseid with these casts and versions of the DC characters will be so entertaining to watch. And I'm really excited to see what happens in DC fandom, and I'm going to freak out if they show something really cool. But yeah, that's everything I have for this episode. I hope you guys have had a good time listening. Thanks for the support. Uh, I'm now on Spotify and iTunes and hopefully CastBox soon. But don't forget to leave a rating down there, five stars hopefully. And I will catch you guys at the next episode of Paula on Purpose. <laughs>